What's up, everybody? Happy Saturday for the love of Whitney. What's going on, everybody out there, all my nippy lovers? How are you? Um, I am going live today because back on February 11th, I went live on Instagram with a fellow Whitney fan. Her name is uh, Riz Washington, and we were having a great um, conversation about Whitney, but the audio was off. I couldn't really hear her. And she was saying a lot of amazing um, things and I wanted to be able to hear her. So she's like, you know, you can interview me anytime. And I was like, awesome. So I am going to uh, do that today. We set it up. So she'll be, I'm early. So she'll be coming in hopefully in a few minutes here. And that just gives me enough time to say what's up to everybody in the chat. What's going on, Astrid from France? Hello, how are you? Happy Saturday, Lorenzo Platt. Thank you for joining. Um, oh, this is on YouTube too. Shout out to all my YouTube subscribers, forgot. Um, oh, and Studio Q too, my bad. I'm just thinking I'm on For the Love of Whitney, but I forget, I stream everywhere now. So shout out to Studio Q. Shout out to um, all my Facebook followers. I mean, yeah, followers, yeah, Facebook followers and my YouTube subscribers. I see, I see Riz in the building right now. I see her in the building. Let me go ahead and add her right now. Good, well, afternoon. Good afternoon, Riz. Hey, Quincy, what's going on? You know what the greatest thing about this moment is? What's that? I can hear you. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I was just telling everybody that we went live. Um, your hair looks beautiful, girl. Thanks. I'm trying to like figure out where I need to be. That's like, okay. Yeah, come because you feel far. You feel far away. Far. Okay, I can get in close. There we go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I want to feel. I want to feel the energy, the love. Yes, <laughs> yes. And um, you know, uh, I told them that we were we talked on uh, the day Whitney passed ten years ago on February 11th, and we were having such a great conversation about right. Whitney that I was like. I have to go live again with you because I could not hear half of the stuff you were like chopping up. Even when I went back to watch it, you still were choppy. So yeah. I'm so happy that, you know, we came up with another date and yeah. now we get to talk Whitney with, you know, no problem. You on my Studio Q Facebook page streaming. We're on my For the Love of Whitney streaming and we're on my uh, YouTube channel streaming. Yeah. Okay. Give it Whitney love. So my name is Quincy. I am the uh, founder and host of Studio Q. Uh, welcoming my girl Riz Washington, who is a fellow Whitney Houston fan. We're going to find out a little bit more about her as well. And uh, we just here to chop up Whitney to talk about our love for Whitney because uh, that's just what, I mean, that's just part of who I am, part of my brand, part of my everything is loving Whitney Houston. And when I meet other people who love her, like I do, mm -hmm. instant connection. So yeah. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to Studio Q for the Love of Whitney, Riz. Thank you. So you're right. I love Whitney as well. Um, we briefly touched on this, but because of the audio being choppy, I'll uh, just state it again. So my love for Whitney started way back in bodyguard days. And I say way back, but like I was young. So it was way back for me. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah multiple things after that just really allowed me to appreciate her more. And the biggest thing of all, I think, is her being so courageous. Um, 
it, it takes a very strong individual to endure all that she did for as long as she did. Um, so for me, I look at her and I'm like, man, if Whitney could do it, so can I. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And that's what's so beautiful about her looking like us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that she, it, her, she just didn't accomplish these things in the world as Whitney Houston. She inspired and planted seeds in so many young women around the globe. Um, to be able to aspire to accomplish whatever their path was as well. So that's 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 beautiful. What song captured you? The very first song. Mm, okay, so I hate to be like cliche, but it probably was "I Will Always Love You" because mm -hmm. it with the bodyguard, the soundtrack, etc. But over time, as I have grown and um, dabbled in all of her music, I would say I now truly understand why the greatest love of all was one of her favorites as well as her mother's favorite. Um, oh, I didn't know it was Sissy's favorite. Yeah. Girl, uh, you dropped giving me some info. Yeah, and in a couple of interviews, whenever she's asked what's her favorite song of Whitney, she always says the greatest love of all. And I mean, you, I'm sure know this, she was in the music video. And so <laughs> I'm sure it holds a special place in both their hearts for multiple reasons, but the greatest love of all, there's a, a few, interviews where Whitney was talking about her mom encouraging her to include love in her music. And so again, I'm sure there's multiple reasons that including love in it might be one of those reasons, but I think that's why she has so much timeless music is because it's centered around love. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I will always dance or I want to dance with somebody. The track that you put for uh, us on Instagram, that yeah. Yeah, that's that's the that's song one of your joints played at my wedding for sure. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, go ahead. You know, I ain't got no man yet. Just say <laughs> listen, it's about the future you visualization. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. I mean, what's great about Whitney is you could play her at the reception and when you're walking down the aisle. All the things. I definitely have that. I got a whole list of like, okay, this could be the song we dance to. This could be the song I walk down the aisle to. Yes. That's <laughs> how you always, do it. Listen, manifestation. That's how every time I met, met Whitney, it was as a result of manifestation. Because as I tell everybody, I didn't run in Whitney Houston circles. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I wasn't going to see her at the drugstore. So yeah. I had to, I had to connect directly with God to make that happen, you know? And so he made it happen in such a marvelous way. So I, I don't know if those who are watching, I mean, they probably know a lot, but I'm gonna just say it as if they don't, okay? So I think it's dope that Whitney picked you, chose, handpicked you to interview her for the MTV Fanatic interview. I thought that was absolutely beautiful. You speaking as far as manifestation. And then I thought that it was a full circle moment that God allowed you to be there for her last red carpet interview as well, to hug on her and love on her. I think that um, that is just, it, it speaks of higher beings. And I think that that was definitely one of those divine moments. And so I'm super happy for you. And I know that you probably hold that dear and near to your heart. Um, but yeah, I think that manifestation is definitely real. Um, I've been manifesting a lot too. It ain't all worked out, but some things I'd be like, that's going to happen. And oh yeah. yeah. It take, some, some, some things take longer than others and it takes time. For sure. It takes time, but it, it definitely works because I promise you, I was I, like, 
I was not going to that event. And, you know, I ended up at that event. Right. I, my, my direct words was, I'll see her Saturday. Mm. Mm. Come on now. So, you yeah. know, we're then with God. We're then with God that made that made that happen. Listen, are you in a classroom? Where are you at? No, this is my crib, but I got it set up like a classroom because I have to be uh, on my study grind. I'm a law student. And so that's what I wanted to ask you. I, that's what I wanted to bring in. Talk to us a little because I want to I want them to know Whitney got lawyers and doctors and everybody who loves her. So tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about Riz so we know who we're talking to, who we know who our fellow Whitney Houston fans and lovers are. OK, but so. Riz Washington, um, I am a Texas native, moved out to D.C. for a bit, pursuing law, chasing law. Um, what kind of law? Um, so I would like to do business law, um, focusing on litigation. I believe that there are plenty of us with great ideas. We don't necessarily have those ideas protected. We partner with individuals, groups. Um, speaking of the music industry, we give our gifts over and over and over again, and we don't benefit from it as much as those who are in the executive suites. And I think that's very problematic, seeing how the wealth gap looks the way that it does. But I'll get more into that in a second because I could talk about that for days. So <laughs> circle back. All right. So um, moved out to D.C. trying to pursue law, wanted to go to Howard Law, speaking of manifestations and things of that nature. was like, that's going to happen. And sometimes you knock on the door time and time and time and time again. And you're hard headed and you're not listening to God. And so you delay things. Um, and sometimes delay is good. Delay doesn't mean denial. Thank and you. Drop that. Where's my tambourine for that one? Say that again. Delay. Delay definitely does not mean denial. So for me, law school pursuit was a 10 year pursuit, if I'm being honest with you. And so I finally um, relinquished my will, surrender. That's something that I've seen Jada Pinkett Smith talking about here lately, as well as uh, Lauren London. And once I decided to surrender, I went on this three day fast, a water fast with a associate of mine. And after that water fast ended, I got a call from the law school that I'm attending, which is Thurgood Marshall School of Law, TSU, HBCU Love, shout out. Um, come on, come on, Thurgood Marshall, Thurgood, yeah. come on, Supreme Court, come on. You, you feel me? The direction yeah. we're going. Um, and so I got that call saying, hey, congratulations. We'd like to offer you an acceptance letter in addition to that scholarship. And I said, well, won't he do it? Because listen, when not I a, not a scholarship too. Yes. And Come when on. I, uh, if I'm keeping it a buck, girls GPA wasn't looking like scholarship credentials. So mm -hmm. super, very, very, very thankful and grateful to Thurgood Marshall for the opportunity they've granted me to pursue this dream that I've had for such a long time. Um, but what was the block? What was the block, Riz? Um, life, honestly. So there's. Mm -hmm. I think that there's multiple layers to it for me personally. I didn't have anyone that chartered the path before me. So this is uncharted territory for my family, which happens to be the case with a lot of black and brown individuals pursuing law. As everyone knows, it's a pretty white field. Um, and so for us to break in, we typically don't have the resources around us to tell us this or that in regards to these are the type of schools you can you should consider and working backwards, right? Like what type of law do you want to pursue? 
right. figuring out that law and then figuring out what schools specialize in that type of law and then making those your top schools figuring out also things like what type of climate are you willing to deal with? Because if the school you are looking at is in a place that's cold Chicago all the time and you're not a cold weather person, you need to consider that because law school is a three to four year commitment, depending if you're going full time or part time. And are you so, full time? I'm full time. I was like, I can't do no four years, three in and out. Let's go. <laughs> That's look, that's the way I felt about my master's degree. I was like, I got to get in and get out. I think I did it in a year and a half. Amen. Listen, I feel that (laughs) not having that uh, knowledge to help me expedite the process was part of it. Another part of it is, is something that I don't think enough people talk about is the debt of your undergrad following you into that graduate school and dictating like how you move. You're going you go to school with the hope of like, hey, let me get a job because then I'm going to make all this money and be able to take care of myself and blah, blah. And that American dream ain't really always uh, what we envisioned it to be when we go through our educational pursuits. And so um, going back to school, considering the debt that you have, plus the debt that you're about to take on was another factor that uh, was also a hindrance to me because debt debt affects your credit score people like let me and just your day-to-day life of having to pay that back and the limited funds you got left after you pay a student loan payment come on right yeah exactly and then again the fact that credit really affects your life Mm -hmm. the amount of your car payment is dictated by your credit score yeah and so it's like the little money you do have you're having to divvy it out to all of these different entities just to maintain and live and i don't think that again we talk about that enough so that's part of the reason that i want to go the route of business law um also looking into trademarks and ip helping people protect their ideas and in this wave of entrepreneurship i think is very important that we're mindful of what we have, the value of what we have. I always think of Master P and how he turned down a million dollars when he didn't have like a thousand dollars in his bank account at the time. I forget, he's given the number before of what his bank account was and how mad his brother was, was like, bro, we are broke right now and you just turned down a million dollars. But Master P understood that, hey, if this gentleman right here says that I'm worth $1 million, imagine how much I really am worth. And I think that us having those conversations constantly is important, but also having people who are familiar with the law to more the the appropriate um, knowledge about how you can move based off of where you live and reside and keeping an eye on how those laws are changing and how that policy is moving based off of who's being voted into office and things of that nature. It all ties in together. And I think that, again, having people who are married to it and really doing their due diligence to make sure that we don't get left behind is very important. So that's why I chose to pursue law. Um, And like I said, it was a journey. Delay does not mean denial. Definitely not. I want to know, I want to know, like going through law school, going, going through the journey to get there, like what kind of songs did Whitney sing or what kind of essence of Whitney kind of helped pull you through? Ah, uh, this is a, I, I see what you did there. So for me, I think that um, friendship is very key and we briefly touched on this and I definitely want to go back and give you your flowers. So I'm going to answer your question. 
Um, I want to go back and give you your flowers, but I'm going to address your question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I believe Whitney's song with CeCe Winans, Count On Me, is mm. a major um, a major theme of my friendships. I, um, I've had an interesting dynamic throughout life. I call myself the village kid because mm. there's a lot of people who had a hand in helping me become who I am today. From family members to friends to adopted aunties. You know, we did it for adopting aunts, uncles, and cousins. Amen. Amen. And so um, a lot of my friends stepped in in seasons when I was at my lowest mm. and helped carry me in ways that I think is absolutely beautiful. They say that um, friends are the family that you choose, right? And yeah. so I've chosen a phenomenal village. I sing their praises all the time. Mm. I'm happy to sing their praises now. Um, I would say that song would be at the top of the list for me. And then when they re-released uh, or released Higher Love, I was like, oh, man, yes. Um, I love step by step because back to what I was saying, life is a journey. Step by step, yes, is a journey. Those are some good ones. Higher yeah. love, like because the lyrics, you know, the exactly. lyrics. Sometimes you need something to get to that next step. That's what I love about Whitney is that you can hear all the magic, all the energy, all the love, and right. every single song. Exactly, exactly, and that's in this season of life is when I really came to appreciate greatest love of all because of the lyrics. The right. lyrics. That's my that's my favorite song. Oh yeah, I, I remember from then. <laughs> the greatest love of all is inside me. I remember. Yeah, I remember you. Yes. Can you believe I was yelling at Whitney like that? I must have blacked out. Okay. <laughs> that's how I would be with my friends. But like here I am on TV, sitting next to my childhood idol, screaming the. <laughs> That shows how comfortable you were with her, right? Because she gave you friendship vibes. And so you went into your your comfort zone and you were just dialoguing with your friend. Back Man. to the flowers that I want to give you. Man, Quincy, listen. I believe that someone who goes as hard for an individual as you do for Whitney, day in and day out posting, not just her accolades, but like also... Some of some of those hard moments, like yesterday, was uh, the, uh, Bobby Christina's birthday, right? Yeah. So posting those things day in and day out, year after year. I've been following your for the love of Whitney pages on Facebook as well as Instagram for quite some time, and people could go and see the receipts are there. I don't believe that your actions are that of a fan. You're actually Aww. that of a friend, right? And thank so you. I just want to say thank you for being such a good friend to Whitney and helping keeping her legacy alive, reminding people of how great she is, reminding people of all of the awards and accolades and milestones that she accomplished during her lifetime. Like, I hope my friends sing my praises in that way when, when it's my time to go. Um, oh, I wish more people that, that were in her circle with seeing her praises about how hard she worked. I was just in preparation for this kind of reviewing things that I've looked at over the years. And I'm like, this was one hardworking woman, but even in the midst of her doing her own thing, she showed up for others. Um, her first tour, she, uh, I don't even remember the name of it. Uh, the Truth something. Help Moment me. of Truth, Moment of Truth tour. Moment of Truth tour. When she had that tour, she stepped aside 
to do multiple things for friends, recording with BB and CC for their album, being one of those things. And that tour was seven months long. And when she stepped away to do uh, that recording, she was well into that tour. Um, the same with her, uh, the Bodyguard tour. That tour was a year and a half. A year and a half of touring, only taking five months off. Five months, and in the midst of that, still showing up for friends. Again, she showed up for... Um, uh, Debbie and Angela Winans, I believe. Yeah, Debbie and, and Angie. Yeah, they were they were a group at the time. Right, and so she stepped aside from her year and a half tour to record this song, and then she was also um, in the music video with them. So to me, like, a friend is someone who, even with the midst of all the things that you have going on, right, you're still taking time to be there, to support, to show up for those who you claim you care about um and so i saw whitney do that time and time and time again um and this was at the height i, I don't think we can really you know under 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 celebrate just at the height of her career she was at during that time because she was a superstar before the bodyguard but mm -hmm. when she did the bodyguard Movie. She became a major, major. She became, she became global in a way that put her up there with the Barbara Streisands. Right, right. And 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 look, I said Barbara Streisands as if there's another Barbara Streisand. There's only one Barbara Streisand. Yeah, but she yeah. she she went up a whole notch. So mm -hmm. to be doing those kinds of things, you know, for for people in the gospel community. Yeah. yeah. Like I remember BB Wine and saying Clive was so mad <laughs> that. He would show up and sing back up for him and Cece on the road. And she's like this mega superstar at the time. And she was that before the bodyguard. But I didn't know that um, she did that for Angie and Debbie during the bodyguard time. Like, wow. Yep, she did. Wow, for real. Like, that's it. It's very inspiring. And I was just like, in the midst of you, because like you said, with a lot of those moments, she was singing background vocals for people, like not on some like, oh, I need to be in front if I'm taking time away from what I'm doing. Like, right. and so there was humility in that. And I don't think people talk about those things enough because they're so busy chasing after the media headlines. And it's like, she was much more than that. I don't know if you could see it, but on my uh, whiteboard back. I can see something written. I just can't read what it is. Oh, I mean, sure, ain't no thing, but you know, just move it. <laughs> you right. can read it for us, though. But, oh, Whitney Elizabeth Houston, come on now. And then you come see the things written that she was a daughter, sister, cousin, friend, singer, model, wife, actress, mother, producer, philanthropist, animal lover, and a very good person because that's what she said she wanted to be remembered as. And that's what she is remembered as to me. Exactly. And I'm like, I just, I need people to come out of whatever it was in allowing those moments, not so great moments in her life to overshadow all that she was and all that she did. And I'm just like, it was so much more than that. They're all so much more than our mistakes, our struggles. Mm -hmm. And I just, I wish that everyone would be very intentional about that when they talk about anyone, not just Whitney, but especially Whitney when you're talking to me. But right, I, me too. you know, I'm just saying, not just her. Everyone deserves that type of energy from those who knew them, and even those who don't know them. We don't know what people are going through. The rate of suicide is at an all-time high. I mean, like we, we just lost. Was it? Um, 
an attorney who was also Miss USA, Miss America. Oh God. Yeah. I didn't know she was an attorney too. She was. Yeah. Wow. So constant. beautiful, beautiful black woman. What and she jumped, she jumped off a building. Exactly. And so I, I say that to echo um Ellen, be kind, really. Like we just need to be kind. She ends all of her shows encouraging people to be kind. And I think that that is important. We don't know what anyone is going through at any given moment. So it's important that we're kind, especially to celebrities. Just And Whitney said this in many of her interviews, is like, there's this idea that celebrities don't go through things, that they are not human because they have lots of zeros in their bank account. And that's so far from the truth. Amen. They are humans. They go through things just like we do. They have feelings. They get up every day. They have to deal with health problems. They have to deal with family dynamics. Um, and for people to attack them just because of their celebrity mm -hmm. is beyond me. I get I get that media has to chase the story, but I feel like there's still a way to do that with tact. Oh, yeah. Um, and Absolutely. I I feel like she and Bobby weren't necessarily granted that grace mm -hmm. during that time. I feel like if they had the Jay-Z and Beyonce blueprint handing NDAs to everybody, maybe, you know, it would have been a different story. Um, it was a different, it was a different time too. It definitely was a different time. I think that the time that we're in now is a, a lot more gracious um, mm -hmm. and understanding and, um, I, I wish she would have gotten to see and live in this time to see how much we have evolved as a people. Yeah. But you know, like when I, when I look at Whitney's struggles or the things that she, like, she's just human. She is. You know, it was, it, it was her journey. My thing is in the midst of all the, the headlines that may be true or negative, like look what she did. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So if you want to talk about this over here, that's negative, but look what she delivered. She's the only artist, like only black female artist ever to have three, three diamond records. Like that's 10 million a piece, people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, to me, the 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 question or the mystery would be, how did she do that? Right. right. How did she do that in the midst of all this other stuff you're talking? How did she still deliver? Yeah. And I think uh, a simple answer to that would be that she knew the Lord. I ain't trying to be preachy. I'm not trying to convert anybody, but no. I think that her intentionality and never parting from that. I, I know that I watched a couple of interviews where um, they talk about Clive being very intentional with her first album on not allowing it to sound too gospel-y or have too much of a gospel tone to it. Um, but I understood from interviews and also just people who went to our concerts that she was very intentional even with that in the background to include a gospel song in every single set every single concert she she's singing about god and giving glory every award that she accepted first yeah. given god like she was very intentional in that and i think that the astronomical heights that she was able to reach was because she was tied to the Lord. She knew the Lord. He knew her. So again, as you said, she reached in astronomical 
achievements, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's because of who she was tied to, despite what she was going through. Right, right. And so, you know, there's a there's a part in um uh, Robin's book where she's like, Whitney was in the room talking, and she's like, I guess she, I don't know if she knocked on it, or I can't remember uh, verbatim, but she's like, who are you in there talking to? And she's like, God. And she was talking to God like God, like we talking right now. Yeah, yeah. I, that's I, you. You remember that part of the book? Yeah. I thought that was so like that was so amazing because it just it illustrated her her relationship with mm -hmm. God. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that part, because that stood out to me as well. She was talking to Robin, according to Robin, and was like, "Man, Jesus is just so cool." Again, like he's the person walking out here, like, again, how you brag and you talk highly about Whitney as a friend. And then me talking about all the friends that I'm connected with and how I speak highly of them all the time. Like, from what I gathered, how the how Robin painted the picture, I'm just like, she was out here like, oh, Jesus. Awesome. Like, Jesus is my homeboy. Not trying to minimize his glory, but like. No, that's when you were saying that. That's all I was thinking. Jesus is my homeboy. Right. And so I'm just like, that's so cool to me that that speaks to her private time. That's not her on a stage. That's what she was doing in private, which, again, to me, explains why she was able to reach the heights that she was in public. Because what you yeah. do in private sets the tone for what happens out in public. Come on, where my tambourine? You dropping gems. You dropping gems. <laughs> Yo, that's real. Yeah, I think that I don't know, like you know, if it's on the editing room um, um, floor, but I wasn't able to articulate it in the way that I wanted. But I said I was trying to tell her that in the interview too, like it wasn't shown because I I was talking about old stuff like the preacher's wife soundtrack or whatever, and I don't think mm -hmm. they, you know, she had a new album out. They probably cut that out. But mm -hmm. that's what I, one of the things that I was trying to um, uh, convey to her in that interview too was like your, you know. Like my mom, she grew up in the church, like when like she had to go to church, you know, all the Bible study and all that. So because she loathed that, <laughs> she did not make us have to do that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You know, we were introduced to church, but we weren't forced the way it wasn't a part of our grind like it was her growing up. And so I was trying to uh, convey to her that by you getting up at every award show, and making sure the first thing you said is, you know, I like to thank, you know, my heavenly father and all of that stuff. And me loving you so much. I'm like, who is this God? That's it. That's it right there. That's how we are supposed to be moving to where people are curious about our relationship with this being, this holiness, because of how we move and how we speak of. I'm, I'm just, I'm like you. I'm in awe because of things like that. True story. It was uh, 2000, 2018. Mm -hmm. I, I mentioned I'd moved out to DC to pursue law and all of those things. Well, in the midst of that, some things came up in my family, which made me move back to uh, Texas in 2018. Prior to moving to Texas, I'd taken a break from church, um, wasn't necessarily excited about moving back to Texas, if I'm keeping it a buck. Okay. Oh, to celebrate my half 30th birthday, I was like, I'm going to go to Newark and I'm going to pull up on uh, the church and I'm going, I'm just going to have a moment. Right. Yeah. So, well, me going to that church, it was 
April sometimes, April 25th. because New was- Hope, right? You went to New Hope. You, New Hope. So I went to New Hope and I was like, I'm just going to roll up on a Sunday. They may be in church. They may not be. But, you know, Baptist churches, they can go. <laughs> I rolled up rather late thinking that, oh, I'll just see the outside of the church, be able to yeah. take a moment, et cetera. They were, it was revival time. So they were just, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, there was a gentleman standing outside. He was like, oh, you, you, you want to go in? They're still, you know, still in service. And I was like, no, I'm good. And then I thought about it. I was like, Washington, you probably won't get this moment again. Exactly. Take take advantage, be in the moment. So I go in the church or whatever have you. Um, again, mind you, I'm there because of who? Whitney. <laughs> right? And while sitting in the back, um, just taking it all in, the minister starts talking about if you want to be, uh, if, if you have a dream to be an attorney, God hasn't said that dream is over. I, I hadn't got accepted into anybody's school at that time, right? Like I was coming home for some family things. I was frustrated. I was like, Howard's the school? And so in that moment, I got a little bit of that encouragement put back into me because it was a 10-year pursuit. At that point, it was like year eight. And you know, as you're pursuing things, as the time goes on, you start to get discouraged. Of course. But- because of my love for the Whitney Elizabeth Houston, I pull up at New Hope Baptist Church. And in that moment, me going there, the Lord was like, I know you're here for a different reason, but I also want you to know that I see you and that I'm here for you and that I have not forgotten about you. Girl! Yeah, so I was so like, God had a word for you. God had a word for you yep. at, a, at, at, a, at a church that, you know, for, I know you guys in the chat, y'all better, y'all better know that Whitney grew up at New Hope. She grew up in the church at New Hope. That's right. where Riz went. But you went for Whitney, just that for that connection. But God had something for Riz. Exactly. And guess who was in attendance at this beautiful service? The Please C- tell us. The Sissy Houston. I was Sissy Houston. Wow. My, my eyes on the legend. And I was like, I am. I am. Um, she had her fur coat on, looking as jazzy as she could be. I was like, okay, Miss Houston. <laughs> um, but again, her, listen, her no sh- in, in, in short of no flyness, she got all the flyness still going in her 80s. Going, still going. Um, I didn't approach her that particular Sunday, but I circled back maybe a year later um, when I moved back to DC because God is good and he'll restore some things that you think you've been lost. That's a whole You got all kind of gems dropping. Keep it going. Keep it going. So I went back after the Lord opened the door for me to move back to DC. And I was like, you know what? And this is after I read her book, um, The Night the Music Stopped. So I had read her book, read her story. And I was like, you know what? I'm really big on giving people their flowers while they can enjoy them. I didn't get to do that with Whitney in the way that I wanted to. I've definitely laid flowers at her gravesite on multiple occasions, but you I did. Yay. Well, you it's not like I know Riz. That's nice. You're like, of course I did. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> okay. My bad. Um, so I made sure to circle back to New Hope Baptist Church. She happened to be there. I was intentional in making sure that I grabbed some flowers before going. So I got a potted flower with purple flowers because purple is their favorite color. And I also um, wrote in a card telling her, thank you, not just for the gift of Whitney, but thank you for how you change background vocals for background singers. Thank you for the 
the intricate way in which you put your own stamp on music and and for her in her sweet inspirations group i was like you deserve your flowers because you're a living legend and so i was like this is just a thank you for being a living legend and she was like these are for me i was like yes ma'am okay, so wait a minute you got to approach miss houston yes i did I gave her a hug, gave her flowers and the card and ghosted. Didn't tell her my name, nothing. So it was me, Miss Houston. Sorry. <laughs> I, I signed as Riz Washington. I think I just signed as Sincerely RW. Um, because it was. What year was this again? 2019? This is 2019. Wow. So you got to meet the one who gave us Whitney. What did that feel like for you, being able to give. Uh, Whitney's mother flowers in person, get a yes. hug, and to actually, you know, be able to articulate the thanks that you felt in your heart. Um, I would say that I really try to be intentional with with especially with the elderly generation, um, because I just don't want to have regret. It, I, I had an aunt pass and I didn't heed what the Lord was placing on my heart. And that has forever changed how I operate with people um, and, and how I try to be an intentional individual. And so I'm grateful that ever the time comes that the Lord calls me or Miss Houston home, that I can say that I know that I did what I was supposed to do with in regards to honoring her in the way that I knew that I could. Um, and so for me, I think that it was just a, a sweet, divine moment that the Lord allowed me to have. Um, I would yeah. love to have lots of people. I would love to have given flowers in person to C Cicely Tyson. Um, mm -hmm. Maya Angelou is another individual that I would have loved to give flowers to in person. I didn't have the opportunity to circle back with her as I did with uh, Dr. Sissy Houston, um, but... I did see her in person. She came to the University of Houston and uh, mm -hmm. recited poetry for our school. And I was in the audience and she was at the stage talking to people. And I'm just standing back in awe. And I'm like, man, in my head, I'll have a moment with her later in life. Um, but like me, as I've gotten older, you don't know when someone's time is. So don't take your now for granted. So oh, that's a word right there. That's a word because you just there's so many, not so many. I don't want to, uh, you know, <laughs> make it bigger than it is. But there I've had a few moments in my life where um, I found out that someone was ill. Mm -hmm. And instead of like waiting, mm -hmm. I got on a plane and went to see them and yeah. love on them. And that was the last time I saw them. Mm. And, and so part justice to be like, man, I'm so glad I listened to myself and didn't waste yep. that. Yeah. Yep. And, 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 and I didn't have the money to be doing that, but it didn't matter. I figured out a way. Yeah. I just recently heard this, uh, Eric Thomas, one of the number one motivational speakers in the world. My preacher. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know who you talk about. He said, uh, this recently in one of his IG posts, he was like, they print money. They don't print time. So when it comes to I don't have the funds, listen, know that it can be figured out. God will make a way. Follow your heart. We we really only have one life to live. You'll never see, you'll never see March 4th 
2022 again. You'll never see March 5th, 2022 again. So live in that moment and do whatever you deem necessary in that moment. And you'll figure the rest out later. We've fixed in many ways. I'm sure everybody watching this has had a financial struggle. It was like, At some point or another. Well, listen, and if you haven't, you know somebody who has. Exactly. And so it's like in that moment, you're like, man, how's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? And it eventually works itself out. And so you have to, in the way that it worked itself out in the past, it will do it in the future. So be intentional with your people. You like, if you get a call saying, hey, somebody's not doing well, book that flight immediately. Hop in your car immediately. I'm so happy I did because, like, who would have known that that would have been like, you know, sometimes I got the call 30 days later, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. And, but my last memory was, making the time, making the space to go and connect with them right now. And I'm so grateful. That's happened about three, three different. Yeah. Maybe three different times in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had a, a couple of similar incidents as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, I recently lost a, a younger cousin, um, mm. full car accident. He was 26. Mm. I reflect on moments where I'm like, man, I love sleep. This true life story. I I love. Hear me when I say sleep. I'll choose. Listen, it over. That, I, Whitney too. Do you know that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Y'all share that. <laughs> know that. Um, but there is this one moment where I chose to forego sleep to be intentional with a cousin of mine that um, died in a single car accident at twenty. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, man, I'm so glad that I chose to forego a thing that I love to be intentional. Because now that moment is something that I get to cherish for a lifetime, you know? Yes. I mean, it really is like, you know, I love what you brought up about time because that, um, I don't know when I've seen what you're talking about from um, Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher, but Mm -hmm. I've seen that um, content from him before where he's talking about time. And it is because you listen, time is precious. So anybody who gives you their time, it's way more than than money. And so I'm just happy to know that you have a village of people who are doing that for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because law school ain't no joke. It's come on, somebody. Listen, (laughs) I I can only imagine. But in being black female, I mean, look at look at the uh, what's our sis who's going to be on the Supreme Court? Katanji uh, Brown, I believe. is. Yeah. Yeah. I like that very black name. Um. <laughs> this this has sister locks, so I'm even more living for it because how not just representation and like you look like me, but you look like me in your natural state, or you're wearing a hairstyle that they didn't deem professional at one point in time, and we're changing that narrative to say, I could come up in here with my natural hair. I could come up in here with some sister locks and be as good or better than those who are surrounding me. And I think that her being able to do that and embody that and President Joe Biden being mindful of keeping his promise to make the Supreme Court look like America mm-hmm. um, is major. Like yeah. this is our first black woman. Come Supreme- on. We are living in a peculiar time, but a special time as well. And so yeah. well, that's why I wanted to br- I wanted to bring her up and describing you 
as black female in law school being difficult because look at all of the, she has more experience than almost anybody who's ever been nominated and they still trying to question her. You see what I'm saying? She has nine years of, of actual experience judging yes. more than almost anybody there. I think what, like three clerkships with Supreme Court people, like, come on. She's, yeah. <laughs> and they still trying to like, they, they can't find nothing on her. <laughs> They can't find nothing on her. Nine times out of 10, I believe that we are overqualified for a job. Of course. Because our demographic, we're the most educated, but people don't be wanting to hear that nor give us credit for that. Black women are the backbone of this world. Whether, mm -hmm. they, whether they acknowledge it or not, we know it to be true. And her being well qualified for this position and being questioned by those who don't have any qualifications to sit near her is just um it's a story that's been told time and time again it's unfortunate but uh, despite what they're saying despite their questions and critiques she deserves it she earned it and i'm glad to see that she is being rewarded for her diligence all these years yeah so. and that that's and that's what i love about whitney houston is she's a trailblazer indeed and she took people with her that's what i don't I, like i don't want people to sleep on that like she was humble enough to be singing background for people, but she also was intentional enough to put people on. Whitney gave us our first Black Cinderella. Hello, Brandy. Hello. Like, Whitney gave us our first diverse cast for a Disney movie. Hello, Cinderella. Hello. Whitney was very intentional, even with, uh, was it the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack, that being an all-woman project. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that she was very intentional in how she moved. Um, they call it nepotism when you work with family members and have family members. But her intentionality in having her brother sing background on the tours, her intentionality in hiring family to be security, her intentionality in having um, Robin being over Nippy Inc., her intentionality in trying to start a girl group and having Robin over that group, like intentionality in looking out for your own is really where it's at. She wasn't going and being like, oh, let me tap this super established da 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 to be over this. She was, she looked around her and was like, where can I put you? Like, what seat can I put you? And you're already on my plane, right? Like, where would you best fit in order to serve the purposes of getting this, this plane from point A to point B? And I think that is another reason that I feel like she's phenomenal. I always talk about uh, my Mount Rushmore. And on my Mount Rushmore are people who are courageous because my life motto is to use words courageously. And so on that, Mount Rushmore is Whitney because of her courage, as well as Michelle Obama and Jada Pinkett Smith and Dr. Maya Angelou. That's my four. Um, <laughs> nice. But... I think all of those women have faced great criticism, hmm. done so with grace, have done so um, time and time again in a way that speaks to their resilience, their strength, their grit, and their fortitude. And to me, I think that that deserves flowers and honor. Um, and so Whitney is very, very courageous in my eyes for multiple reasons. She's oh yeah, and I love that she shared her shine because it really, 
I think changed um, the trajectory of some of their careers. You know, now Brandy is the first black Cinderella. When Whitney bought uh, Mary J. Blige on the stage with her for VH1 uh, Divas, that opened a new lane for Mary that hadn't been open. And to have somebody on this level do that. Right, right. Who, who else did that? Right. You know what I'm saying? And then um, her with uh, Kelly Price. Faith Evans. Yes, yes. You know, I mean, I, I, I remember uh, watching an interview where Kelly Price said she had just came out with her song, like, friend of mine, not too long before Whitney bought her on for a Heartbreak Hotel. So to have somebody who's up here, you know, and when I say up here, I mean in terms of numbers, like she, Whitney, right. Whitney was on, she was in the Barbara Streisand era. She's up there singing with Pavarotti just on a right. whim, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so to have, you know, her come and pull these two R&B sisters on a track with her, like mm -hmm. now that's iconic that they yeah. work with her. SWV on the same soundtrack as Aretha Franklin. Right. Like, that's amazing. Dante Moore on the same soundtrack is Shaka Khan. Yeah. You know? <laughs> a whole vibe on the album. It's like... It's, a, it's, 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 it's one that you just play. You don't have to skip. No skips. Straight through. Right. Mm -hmm. And to have Babyface and Whitney be the executive producer of that. Like, yeah. to have Babyface write all the songs to the movie. Right, right. <laughs> um, so third album, right? I'm your baby tonight. Mm -hmm. when, like, all right, for whatever reason, my, my black brothers and sisters are not feeling album one and album two in the way that I would like them to. They're saying this, this, and that. She tapped baby face, like and, and LA Reed. Like she for this next album, I'm doing this my way. Let's 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 collaborate with our brothers and bring forth this. And I feel like that was the game changer because they were booing her and Whitey Houston and all those hurtful things that they were saying. And it's mm -hmm. like, there's an interview where she's like, they talk about me singing white. How do you sing white? Like, yeah. I, don't even, I don't even know. And, that. And, and I mean, how insulting when you grew up in the church, when you, right. when all you sang was gospel, when your when your whole family is from gospel roots, when y'all singing around the kitchen, like she like, oh, what did she say on our scene? I grew up on Soul Train just like every other black kid. Right, exactly. And I, I think that Clive and his idea of what he wanted Whitney to be is kind of what the black audience was seeing and feeling. And so Whitney had to take the reins for a second. But not look, not just not just how he presented her, the fact that when you're promoting these albums and you're not going to the black radio stations, you're just going to the white ones. So the fact of them not having access to her as well, right. you know what I mean? That's, that's huge. So you got a lot of disgruntled people in the background right. who are hearing your stuff on mainstream, which I'm actually happy for because I grew up in a town with no black radio. So the fact that Whitney crossed over was excellent. So, you know, I was happy about that, but I can see that if you exclude you're trying to mainstream her, mm -hmm. but she's from the church. <laughs> she extra black. Sissy Houston, they, they extra black. You right. know, they summoning the Lord every Sunday. <laughs> you know? And so you I think that the resentment was because of that more than what she sounded like. Right, right. But when you're not sure how to articulate that, you you just start putting narratives on it, right? And yep. I think 
that is what happened. And Whitney saw it for what it was and was like, you know, what? let me handle this for a minute and went and tapped uh, Babyface and L.A. Reid, LaFace, and was like, Let, let's let's put a little uh, on this and, and let them see that I am who I've been saying I am. Mm -hmm. Look, I am who I always was. How about that? Yeah. You know, it'd be different if she was somebody else and that narrative actually fit. You know what I mean? Because there are some black people out there where that is that. That that is they are mainstream. They do talk a certain way. They are with the white people. Like they that just wasn't her though. That was it was a it was a false narrative, you know. Very false narrative. And uh, Robin mentioned that in her book and how having to fit into this curated narrative was um, was frustrating for Whitney at times because she was never allowed to really truly be that Newark, New Jersey nippy that she wanted to be. It was like, I prefer jeans and a t-shirt. You got me out here in ball gowns and things of that nature. It's like, it fits the curated narrative but it, it's not allowing me to be me. And I think that that also led to some of the struggles. It's like, if mm -hmm. I, I got to walk outside of my house and be someone else every single moment. Plus people thinking that I'm no longer human. I'm a robot. So I'm supposed to smile. What, you, what they say she always said, can I be me? Yes. Like, can I be me? And I think that the frustration of mm -hmm. all things constantly being on her shoulders is oh, yeah. heavy burden to carry. And even though she did carry it well, she carried it with grace. Um, and uh, in a poem I wrote about her, I talked about how even while fighting her demons in the dark, she always shined her light on the stage. Come on now. Oh, I love that. Love that. And it's true. It's true. It's true. Even in the, in the, in the, in the tour that she probably shouldn't have done, what I admire, because, you know, you keep talking about the word courageous. What I admire is that, for whatever reason, be it money, be it uh, just whatever she had to do it, she still did it. Mm -hmm. She she still like she, st she you can't tell me she don't know she didn't know, but she yeah. still she, she she finished it. She started it and she finished and she finished it. Right, no matter what it was in between, she started it and she finished it. Yeah, which um, goes back to something. The Star Spangled Banner, people wanted to say, oh, she lip sang that or whatever. And Sissy has de um, debunked that multiple times by saying, like, listen, y'all, she she wasn't good at lip syncing. So trust me. That <laughs> right? She wasn't good at it, which yeah. is like, speaking of the tour that you were just talking about, that they got her. They didn't get mm -hmm. to her and her prime. They got her. And mm -hmm. I don't well took into consideration that this is vocals that have been, again, I spoke of a, a year and a half tour. So these are vocals that have been tested time and time and time again for years. Like any muscle, if you keep working it, working it, working it, working it, it needs rest, right? And then- And, do you, and can, we not, can we talk about the kind of songs that she sang for a year and a half? Those songs on the bodyguard, I mean, I think the- the, the the calmest one is yes Jesus loves me but oh my like you know she can sing that in her sleep but she's singing I have nothing I will always love you I'm everyone these are like 
<laughs> people can't sing that a month straight and she went a year and a half and let's not also add traveling yeah you know, keeping that voice tight mm -hmm. you know being married to bobby having a whole crew of people and right. a bunch of fans every single night wanting to hear what they heard on the record or better because right. you're Whitney Houston. That's a exactly. lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. And even with the greats that are still amongst us, the Gladys Knights, the Anita Bakers, like their voices don't sound the same present day as it did in their prime. That's and right. so it's like, we have to be mindful of those things. We have some unrealistic expectations. <laughs> Because listen, we can't sing. I, listen, I did karaoke and I'm like, mm -mm, damn. <laughs> How many, I can't listen. I can't even cover a Bobby Brown song in good fashion. So I can't even imagine. <laughs> I be like, whoa, Bobby, you a genius. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't make it to the second verse. I need to sit down and get some water. So a lot of stuff is people on the sidelines talking about something that they could never duplicate. They could never do, <laughs> you know. We out here as water boys and water girls trying to critique LeBron James. And like, <laughs> that's that's what we, that's what we Yes, yes. And I would always say about Whitney, all you can do is come, Whatever you opinion about her, you can only compare her to herself. Facts. 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 Listen, yeah. somebody out, somebody in the comments said, Hey Riz, I want to know if you know him. I want to get into these comments because one of the <laughs> things I'm really bad at when I interview is uh uh telling everybody to come and ignoring them when they get here. <laughs> It's because I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so focused, you know, like 2021 is the first time I did live interviews. So my thing has always been in person, um, focused on the person. And so um, I don't want, uh, I'm, I'm trying to uh, get better at that. <laughs> so I want, I want to um, shout out some people, some people, somebody from France in the building, Astrid, I said hello to him before you came in. There's somebody who said hello to you. Hi, whoever. <laughs> I'm gonna find them. I'm gonna find them. What's up? Hi from New Hampshire. Oh, James, how you doing? James in the building. Hey, Q. What's up, Lori? Listen Hi. to this. Uh, hello from ba Bosnia. See, I, I can't even pronounce that, Hi. but it sounds far away. It sounds far away. Please forgive me if I'm butchering this, but Irina. Hey, girl. Yes, that sounds like that's right. That sounds like that's right. You, yeah. you a lawyer. You're a lawyer. You you read big words all day. From Neil or Nile, what you think? We're gonna go with Nile. Hi, Nile. Hey. From Denmark in the building. Thank you for joining. I'm gonna let you read the names. Live from South Africa. Tumelo. Hey, Tumelo. come on now. We I'm here just Hi, Tammy in the building. North Carolina. Come on and raise up. Well, yes. Happy uh, Sunday all the way from New Zealand. Come on. Hi, Atili. How you doing? Yes. These are only places that Whitney went. Hey, Erica, um, I've never been. Hey girl, how you doing? Hey Erica, did I oh, I did get the Funko doll? I mean, I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do with it when I get it. They get a Whitney Houston doll saw, at, at Target. Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't know. Have a great interview, husband time. Okay, hey, all right, Haley. We're gonna do that. We're gonna yeah. have Rollin. Always supports my interviews. Appreciate you for jumping in. Um, let's see. I'm going to find a person. 
Uh, oh, this is a good question for you. You're a fellow fan, Robert. What do you, what do you think? What do you all think about the Whitney Houston hologram show in Las Vegas? Give me your thoughts, Riz. I'm torn. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm very torn. I am torn for two reasons, right? One, I understand that there's a huge fan base that loves her and that would just love to try to recreate that which we know we won't be able to get in the physical anymore. Um, mm -hmm. That technology advances are allowing us to do things in a new way. Um, so I understand the desire. I understand that where there's a desire, there's a demand and sometimes you just fulfill that. Um, on the second hand, I feel like she did so much in her 48 years that we should appreciate the work that she has given us and really truly let her rest. Like, mm. you know, um, and so that's why I'm torn. I'm like, mm, this. Yeah, because you can understand people who just want any piece of her. Right, that they could get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, yeah. Um, I found him, Dela, you know. Oh, Dahlia, Miss Miss Dahlia White. That's my sis. Hey. Is that one of the village people? That's definitely one of my village people. The village yes. People. Yeah. Shout, shout out, shout out. We'll do a few more just so, you know, just, just so it's I can practice. practice. <laughs> Listen, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. I don't want to. I don't want to invite you then. Turn my back. Good morning from New Zealand. I'm a, a Whitney Houston fan. I loved her since she came out with How Will I Know. I want to dance. I want to always love you. And Bobby Brown's fire for Whitney. Okay. All right. Okay. Listen, we all love us and Whitney. And she came out uh, at different points for different people at mm. different ages. Because <laughs> <laughs> Whitney's like, uh, I did a whole bunch before that right there. <laughs> right? Right. Hello from Australia. What's up, Tara? Okay, love Whitney since nineteen. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I change it before you could read it? I'm good. Hi, Cindy. What's up, Cindy? Maurice. Yes, my mentor Bibi Wine and sings her praises and tells me about so many Whitney stories. Ah, I wish he was my mentor, Maurice. I wish I could sing it, Bibi. I'll be like, okay, Bibi, tell me about the other one. Tell me about this story, Bibi. Right. In Robin's book, um, she mentions that B.B. Winans was the only person to borrow money from Whitney and actually pay it back. And so, again, I think that it just speaks to the type of man Mr. Winans is. So kudos. Yeah. Um, I might have to try to interview him. You should. That would be great. He has a book, too. Um, the, Whitney the Whitney I knew. I knew. Yes. Yeah. I haven't yes. read it, but I did purchase it. How, out of all the books, here's a new book out, you guys. I just got in the mail. It's called Young Whitney, um, Bette Marshall. She was a photographer for Whitney um, in the beginning years. You can get it at the GrammyMuseum.com, I think. And it just has uh, pictures of when Whitney first came out. She, like, went to her house and and did some – she's a major photographer with a lot of big people, but she was there for uh, – I can't, you know, I'm not good at all of these. But she came out and, and look at me. Mm -hmm. These are old. These, all those pictures that you see like that everywhere on the internet, she took those. That's the day she went to her house. Ah, okay. And captured the whole family. And so she was actually 
in uh, one of the comments and I talked to her and asked her if I could interview her. And she said, you know, in the future, because she has some um, commitments to the publisher, which I get and understand. But, you know, I love talking to people who talk to Whitney. I love people who knew her, who loved her. You know what I'm saying? So uh, my only two criteria is you have to have, you got to love her. Of course. Or you got to know her. One of those two. Yeah, you love you love her and knew her. Are you just love her? One of the two got to be in there, or you know, I'm not interested. <laughs> That's fair, because this is for the love of Whitney. Listen, come on, yes. And there's a lot of stuff you know that I could post, but I don't because if it ain't about the love, I don't want to. You know, exactly. I'm not interested, right? So I always try to find, just like she tried to find the love in a song. I try to find the love in what I post, um, just to uplift. You know. Yeah. I think it's so beautiful. And I'm like, you ain't no regular fan, sis. You, you a friend. And in your interview, original interview, she called you a friend, right? Friend fan. Um, but I feel like you could go ahead and drop that A-N and just embrace the term friend. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, I was like, I had, I had to really, like, I was so insecure about um, that it was real because, you know, it was TV. She's Whitney Houston. And of course, in my opinion, in my head, of course she's gonna be nice, you know. Of course she's gonna be right. loving and this and that, you know. It took a while for me, and, and then it's me that we're talking about. I'm not talking. I'm not judging somebody else. I'm like, I mean, does she re-? like? I've had so many confirmations, like people in her family. She got your picture in her house. She, mm-hmm. she, she loved you. She this, and I'm like, I mean, but for real, okay, God, I need to see her one more time just to, <laughs> because it, I think it was just so surreal. And uh, she was so regular and how she, and when I say regular, I mean, whatever you think of somebody being up here, but she was so uh, relatable, cool, made you feel comfortable, connected and all that love. And I was like, it just, it's just too good to be true. It just, it just, it just can't be like, she, you know, she just being nice, but I come to learn that Whitney is not about to fake that. Right. Right. And there's multiple people in the industry, outside the industry who have said similar things where it's like, man, she was just so, so nice. I think um, when you went live with people on the anniversary of her death, one of the ladies, uh, one of the last young women that you interviewed was like, she thinks she saw her in a store and she was just really nice. And Mm -hmm. I you don't have to be in this special bubble in order to see and experience the genuineness of someone. Yes. From all that I've seen and watched interview wise, it seems that that seems to be a reoccurring theme is that she was a genuine person. She was nice. Like even on the being Bobby Brown uh, episodes, there's time they're in the store trying on clothes. Chrissy's trying on Von Dutch. They might've been in a Yes, I remember that episode. I mean, that guy, that guy. (laughs) And she was like, you're not short. What's that street over there? Right. And yes. it was like, love on me, Miss Houston. And she danced with him. And I'm just like that. You you can't fake that. Right. You can't fake that. Yeah. Bothered you would just be like uh, some other time, etc. But she gave that genuine love mm-hmm. to, regardless to who you are, your title, etc. You know? Yes. Um, and I think that at times that could become overwhelming. There's clips on yeah. the being Bobby Brown where she's eating and there's a woman in a bathing suit like, can I take a picture, please? And she's like, girl, bye. <laughs> see me. Girl, but listen, girl, but exactly. Yeah, so. Yeah, she was human too. There's limits, you know. 
Back to what you said before, she was real. She is as real as I hear people say similar sentiments about Beyonce meeting her and believing like, is this, is this, is this real? Ice, you're so down to earth. Mm -hmm. I think that that speaks to the type of women that they are and that they're literally touched by God, you know, like Mm. to be able to navigate this nasty place with mean, nasty comments about your family, about you, allegations, speculations, and to still approach people with love and just to embrace them for who they are in those moments. I think that takes a very special individual. And oh, we- yes. Oh, yes. And I, I just think that I was so, I think I was just star- starstruck, you know. And oh, yeah, I was just, <laughs> but like every single time I was starstruck, but because I had prayed so hard the night before the interview with her for, for me to show up as myself. Cause I was like, well, if she's going to like me, I want her to like the, who I really am. Mm-hmm. And so I gave her who I really was, but I was still starstruck. You know what I'm saying? And so I was able to deliver that, that one good time. <laughs> but afterward, like all the time I felt her, every time I seen her, like she, she responded to me like that, like the real me, but inside I was like, it's Whitney. It's Whitney Houston. This this is Whitney. So that's why, like, I I kept saying friend because I remember Pat LaBelle said, you know, my fans. They're I don't feel like they're my fans. I feel like they're my family. They've supported me. They've done this. So, <clears throat> um, with the show's name, fanatic, uh, I did not like. I did not want to be remembered as a fanatic. Just the connotation of that word. Right. So. I made, I said, oh, she gonna be, we're gonna be friends. I got to, I got to make, you know what I mean? Because can you imagine me meeting her five years from that? And she, I, I don't think Whitney forgets, but she would be like, oh, it's the fanatic. See, I had to erase that. <laughs> I had to erase that. Because if she wouldn't remember my name, she would have remembered the show. And that show was named The Fanatic. And it's just, mm-mm, mm-mm. I understand. So I had to introduce the fan. But that doesn't mean I embraced the word fan for my, I didn't, I didn't have enough. I still was so starstruck that it was hard for me to like, you know, but if I did, if I really did, I would have probably had double the moments that I had with her because she was, she was open, you know, she was open. Yeah. yeah. I, I was, that. I was a scaredy cat. Listen, I think there's a couple of interviews where she said fame changes how people treat you. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Fame just changes how people interact with you. Um, and I want to say Jay-Z has made some references of that similar sentiment. Um, so kudos to you for being courageous in the times that you were able to engage with her. Um, I actually learned the word verklempt from you. Like verklempt. Yeah, me too. And I stole that from a, um, a Saturday Night Live clip. Uh, Mike, Mike Myers um dressed up in a, ri- a wig and he had a segment called a uh, coffee talk and they loved Barbara Streisand and so every time they would even mention her name he'd be like oh, I'm getting for Klimt. I'm getting for Klimt. <laughs> Barbara <laughs> so I said the way they feel about Barbara is the way I feel about Whitney and that's the first thing I'm going to say to her so yeah <laughs> and like oh Brooklyn say it again <laughs> Look, don't ask me to spell it, but okay. <laughs> I can say it again. I can say yeah. it again. 
Well, man, this has been like this has been so wonderful. I'm so proud of you just for continuing to pursue your dream of of uh, getting this law degree. Like that is not an easy thing, but um, it's something obviously you were destined to do. I'm glad. I'm glad that we connected about Whitney. I don't know what made you join the live on Instagram, but I'm so glad you did. And that actually, I'm glad that the audio messed up so that we could have this moment. I was like, see, that was intentional. Whitney knew that we needed to run this back part two. <laughs> now I'm going to be like you and see if we could pray this into existence later on when I'm actually a barred attorney in these streets. And yes, you will be. Oh, yeah, you will be. And when you do, you come back because, listen, I'm going to need a lawyer. You know what I mean? Come on. Out, out in these Internet streets. I'm, I'm out here already trying to get my client list together. Yes. Yes. Manifest that list. That big old board in the back of you. You better manifest it. You better create the vision. The per Because you know what? There's a um a female black lawyer. I think her name is um Nina Parker or Nina something like okay. she is the lawyer to all the big people. Like she, her list. Like if you had them all in a room, you like, are you kidding me? Like y'all all her clients, but wow. she she she's everything that you spoke of. That's what she's been probably for the last twenty years. To I mean, and the the client list of black talent that she has is amazing, and they don't even know how she does it, but they make she makes them all feel special, like they're her only client. You know, that's a gift. That is a gift. It is definitely a gift. Mm -hmm. I will. Her up as soon as we end this live. Yes, her <laughs> name is Nia. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know her last name. Maybe it's Parker, but it's not, look. That's the is that the Miss Gossip Girl on E? Don't let me mess up. But the lady is her name is. I think it's it's definitely Nina. Maybe Nina Shaw. I'm okay. not certainly, but she is. Uh, I was like, how all of them got the same lawyer, and they've had her for years. I can't mm -hmm. even remember all the people, but when you do your research, it's a you're gonna see the list. You're gonna be blown away. Indeed, I will definitely do my research. Thank yeah, you. yeah, because she like, how dope would it be for you to ever get a chance to talk to her? Listen, I'm out here recruiting men mentors as well. He was talking about BB being a mentor. It's like, I, I need one of those. There's oh, yeah. 2% Black women in the legal field. 2%. Are you serious? Well, no wonder everybody her client. <laughs> Once yeah. they found out she was excellent. Yeah, it, it's a very small percentage of us in this demographic. And so I definitely would love to partner with, be a mentee to any Black woman who is established and out here doing it in, in the yeah. video. So, yeah. She's an enter, entertainment attorney. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been the joy of my Saturday, connecting with you, Riz. And, I, you know, I had no idea that you met Sissy. Had no idea that your 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 uh, law journey was, you know, a decade long. Like, yeah. I think that's a testimony. I think it's an inspiration for others. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. Not is. just for you, but a guide to others to not give up and that it will circle back around. And most of all, like, because this is, you know, it's about Whitney, the love that you have for her and that you see beyond um, just the mega hits. Like you yeah. saw, you saw the person. Right, right. Speaking of full circle moments, I wanted to make sure to include this in here. Did you peep that her very first televised song was on the Merv Griffin show? Mm -hmm. Did you also peep that the Beverly Hilton, they have it on Merv Griffin Boulevard? No. 
Yep. Now I'm going to have to go on Google after this interview. Are you serious? Yeah, I uh, one birthday, I went out to L.A. My brother took me to the Beverly Hilton, and I looked, and I saw the sign. It's, like, right there on the building, and it says Merv Griffin. And I was like, wait a minute. So, again, talking about full circle moments, she yes. and she ended. Mm. Man, I did not make that connection whatsoever. Wow. Dropping gems all the way through the interview, Riz. Full circle, full circle. Yes. And just just one last, um, I want you to do a drop for me. And one last thing that you want to encourage people who love Whitney to continue to do or to do that you don't see more of. Um, I would say, it's going to sound weird, but to die empty. I believe that Whitney left everything that she had on the floor, and the floor being this earth. She, again, the list is long, producer, philanthropist, singer, actress, like she gave everything that she had within her. So I would say to use your gifts and to make sure that you get those out into the world, into the atmosphere before you leave. I think that that's what Whitney did. And because of that, we have moments where we can reflect on her legacy like this. Mm. Well, girl, you dropping them, I love that. That was that that was eloquent and poised. <laughs> and finally, finally, can you uh, do me a drop? Your name and uh, you're watching Studio Q. Yo, this is Riz Washington, and I am tuned in with Quincy, and you're now watching Studio Q. Bam, bam, we did it, Riz. We had our Whitney talk. 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 <laughs> thank you for, yes, thank you for the dance, girl. Thank you for the board in the back with all of uh, Whitney's titles. Yeah. Thank you for everyone in the chat who came through from all over the world. I see you. I appreciate you. And um, have a great Saturday. Like, that's that's all I can say. That That's all, folks. That's it. Thanks, Quincy. I appreciate you. Yes, I appreciate you too. And listen, please contact me when you pass the bar. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, or or before you take it so I can send some prayers. Oh, that too, because I'm going to need them. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Even if you know all the answers, let me help you be more confident. Let me pray for more confidence. Amen. Listen, I received that right now. <laughs> how, look, how far are you away from doing that? Um, so I will graduate May 2023. And Congrats, yes fully focused on this bar so nice All right. is the goal to be a barred attorney um so we'll see and i'm hoping to be barred in multiple places so that i have clients everywhere amen 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 because yes you need you need you need that long money <laughs> generational wealth hey generational wealth we claiming it already before the year is up and before the bar is taken all right in Thank the name you. of Jesus, you got this. Thank you, sis. Right. You be blessed, queen. You too. Peace.